Welcome to the award-winning Untold Podcast, capturing the culture's imagination through speculative fiction. I'm your host, Nathan James Norman. Journey back in time with me 17 years, back to 2005. Actually, it goes back a bit further than that. 1998, comic editor and writer Brian Augustine wrote an innovative vampire story called Crimson. It was penciled by now superstar artist Umberto Ramos. My buddy Max lent me the comics and I loved the series. Then, Augustine and Ramos worked on the equally good Out There. Max even ran into Brian Augustine at a Christian convention where Brian was representing a Christian publishing company. Are you the same Brian Augustine who wrote Crimson? Brian placed his hand on Max's head and said, Bless you, my child. From that point on, we tried to get our hands on everything and anything Brian worked on, which brings us back to 2005. A startup company, Speakeasy Comics, announced a new series by Brian, Beowulf. Now, Beowulf was and is my favorite epic poem. Well, okay, it's tied with Edmund Spencer's The Fairy Queen, and you all should have a favorite epic poem. Brian Augustine was writing Beowulf, one of my favorite literary characters. I reserved a copy at my local comic shop, but I noticed there were other great titles from Speakeasy Comics. Atomica, Hunger, The Grimoire, and the topic of today's podcast, Of Bitter Souls by Chuck Satterley, and illustrated by none other than Batman alumnus Norm Brayfogle, whose work is featured in the cover art for today's story. In the book, a mysterious New Orleans pastor named Secord chooses four individuals and adorns them with powers that, to their delight or disgust, are directly related to their worst character flaws. I was hooked from the first issue. Speakeasy released three issues and then folded. After a long silence, another company released the first story arc in a trade paperback. I absolutely loved the idea and the story of Bitter Souls. And then they released three more issues. And that was it. I scoured the internet trying to find more or to find out whatever else Chuck Satterley was working on. I bought those titles too. And then it all ended in silence. For years, I would search the internet for something, anything, to no avail. Enter Facebook. More specifically, Facebook stalking. I found Chuck on the social platform and, well, I saw he was working on a youth sports initiative. I remember he had created a page or a post about this youth sports initiative, and so I liked the post. And then I friend requested him, hoping he'd accept me, thinking I was potentially interested in this program. And it worked. Over the course of the last decade or so, we struck up a friendship. Throughout it all, though, one thing has remained clear over the last 17 years. Of Bitter Souls is my absolute favorite comic and my absolute favorite intellectual property. I own six pieces of original artwork from the series, four of which are hanging up in my office at the church. So I am incredibly excited that the entire series is going to be released via a Kickstarter campaign in a 400-page omnibus 
The Kickstarter is live right now, and you can click on the links in the show notes to bring you over there right now. Not convinced? Well, today's story is a glimpse into Of Bitter Souls. Brian Augustine, remember him, wrote a short story that is included in the upcoming omnibus, and he is the author of today's story. Augustine spent 36 years as an editor and writer in the comic book industry. He's edited The Flash, Action Comics, that's Superman, and Justice League. And in addition to the books already mentioned, he was the writer for Batman, Gotham by Gaslight. And he co-wrote numerous titles with Mark Wade, like Exo Man of War, JLA, Year One, and The Flash. Tragically, Brian passed away into glory this past February, and I'm going to miss him. He was always generous with his time, and even though I dreaded whenever he commented on one of my social media posts, our disagreements over the years made me a better and more thoughtful Christian. This one's for you, Brian. So, without further ado, The Untold Podcast proudly presents a story set in the Of Bitter Souls universe, created by Chuck Satterley. Please enjoy The Iron Gate by Brian Augustine. Spring had come again to Germany that April in 1945, after a hard winter of the hell of war. In the remote town of Alte Kirchenstad, rumors were swirling like fluffs of pollen from the wildflowers, gaily dotting the nearby hills. The Nazi regime was near collapse, and the nation was in ruins. The rumors reached even through the medieval stone walls of Eisernes Tor Krakenhaus on the ridge overlooking the town center. The Tor a long abandoned hospital for the insane, had been seized by the Nazi soldiers and converted to a prison for dissidents and other local nuisances. The man was tall and whip-thin, with a head of back-swept black hair and a matching pointed beard. He wore the black shirt and white collar of a clergyman under a rather stylish gray suit coat. If being contained in the tiny cell for three weeks weighed upon him, it was not evident from his demeanor. Untroubled, he stood at the barred window and sniffed contentedly as a soft breeze wafted the smell of new life and revived hope his way. A small brown bird sat on the sill and trilled happily seemingly for the tall man's benefit alone. In turn, the man listened with rapt attention. Albert Secord. A firm voice spoke the man's name like a curse. Before turning, the man smiled a secret smile. Yes, Herr Thorwald. How may I serve our illustrious keeper? Secord's German was excellent and his accent near perfect, but Thorwald knew the man was an American. You can do nothing for me, and I will do nothing for you, Secord. Orders have come through. 
Thorwald sneered his distaste for the prisoner. Secord nodded slightly and continued to smile. Though imprisoned within this dank stone, there was little he did not hear. He had expected this day. I hear that the Nazi cause is all but lost, Herr Thorwald. That the Russians will crush Berlin any day now. That even your noble Führer, Herr Hitler, is in hiding. Secord did not gloat. I hear many things as well. How much is true is hard to judge. I doubt the Fatherland is in so dire a condition, however. Secord walked slowly forward to face the small, dapper man in the gray Nazi officer's uniform. He smiled, for he held no hatred for this functionary. Thorwald was an educated man, but was devoted to the Nazi cause and would follow his orders with ruthless precision. The war. Your cause, Herr Thorwald, are lost. Why not throw wide the gates and let these prisoners rejoin their loved ones? I think not. Even if things are as you say, we still have standing orders on the treatment of detainees, said Thorwald coldly. Yes, I imagine so. You will grant us only the freedom of the grave. You will kill clergymen, teachers, and poets because of orders? They are dissidents. You are a spy. Thorwald's temper rose suddenly, bringing color to his pale cheeks. He calmed himself immediately. Tomorrow at dawn, all twenty-three of you will be executed. Thorwald was grim and determined. Yes, said Secord. You have your orders. He watched the dapper commandant walk stiffly away. Executed? Came the thin, high-pitched voice of young Eberhard Koss in the adjoining cell. They, they, they are going to kill us, Pastor? They certainly intend to, but I believe they will fail. You are a man of God, and I am only a writer. I, I, I could perhaps create a character that had such faith, but for myself? The young man's words trailed off. Secord smiled fondly. Eberhardt's crime had been attempting to mount a production of a play he had written, an allegory entitled The Boot. It envisioned the oppressed people of Europe as ants, and the Nazis as a giant crushing boot. The play was dreadful and obvious, but Secord enjoyed the young man's passion. Eberhardt did not deserve to die. Neither did any of the rest of them. Secord paused briefly and smiled his secret smile again. Perhaps by the Nazis' standards, one among them did deserve death. Secord's smile broadened, and became a low chuckle. Thorwald was right about one thing. Secord was a spy. For God. Time passed in silence within the Tor. The prisoners were all in their own ways attempting to understand their fates. As the afternoon sun slid slowly toward evening, 
Secord heard another voice call his name. This voice was mature and deep, and all things considered, quite calm. I hope you are right, Albert. I pray we will be spared, but I am ready too, if things do not go well. I am ready to die as Christ died for me. I know you are, Helmut, and Jesus and I love you for your conviction. But we will survive, I promise you. In his cell, the solidly built middle-aged man sat on the narrow bed and sighed. He too was dressed in clerical clothing, and he held a small Bible in his hands. For twenty-three years, Helmut Kallstad had pastored the old stone church that had given Alte Kirchenstadt its name. He had served without distinction and in silence for most of that time. There came a time, however, when he could no longer ignore what his country had become. Even Helmut's own bishop had allowed himself to be co-opted by the heinous cause. Kallstadt allied himself with a breakaway group of other concerned pastors and began to preach against the evils of Hitler and his dogs. Actually, Kallstadt had preached a grand total of two and a half times before he was arrested and confined here. He had met Secord at a meeting of the dissident clergy a month before. Kallstadt closed his eyes and tried to envision the light of hope growing brighter in the distance, but could not. He had spoken the truth. He was prepared to die for his faith. Surviving to win more souls to Christ would also be preferable. But he was ready. He prayed all the harder that God's will be done. Night filled the stone prison with cool darkness. No one slept, except Secord. Hours ticked away on a relentless journey to inevitable dawn. The black velvet of the sky slowly began to lighten as orange spread across the horizon. Morning was mere hours away, and already the prisoners could hear the guards stirring, readying the courtyard below for the coming mass execution. Secord rose quietly, refreshed and ready for what he knew was to come. I will see you all outside these walls within hours, my friends, on this side of the Vale, I promise, Secord said with genuine brio. Amen, came Helmut Kallstad's quiet answer. The brightness of the dawn filled the cells with warm honey light. If hope could be grasped, it would be on a morning like this. The twenty-three men stood at their cell doors, silently awaiting whatever was to come. At 5.33 a.m., they all heard a sudden, sharp sound like the tearing of a curtain not far away. Next came the sounds of raging wind and the rending of metal. None of the prisoners, save for Secord, could fathom what was happening. 
Over the roar of rushing wind, they soon heard another sound, a high-pitched keening like animals in distress. It soon became evident that what they were hearing were human screams. There came then a crashing of stone and more ripping of iron, and finally, the distant sound of a lone trumpet. Then, silence fell heavily once again. Within seconds, each of the cell doors popped open of its own accord. Not one of the prisoners questioned this as they stepped out to freedom. Secord faced his compatriots and spoke with quiet intensity. We are free, my friends. Nothing more will bar our way, but be prepared for what you will encounter on the way out. The power of God was not gentle with our jailers. It was then the smell of smoke and charred meat reached them. Everyone reeled at the stench, knowing instinctively what it was that wafted on the breeze. Secord pointed grimly in the direction of the smoke. There is nothing for us but to go this way. Follow me. Eberhard Koss told himself he would look only at Pastor Secord's broad back and follow him out. But as they proceeded, he could not avoid catching involuntary glimpses of the carnage around them. Everywhere were greasy charred lumps huddled against the wall. Several of these lumps still had bits of gray wool uniform, leather boots, or belts. Eberhardt knew these were the guards he had so come to despise during his incarceration. The group moved on, and Eberhardt began to pray again. Now for the souls of his enemies. Secord stopped at an open door and looked in. He smiled a tight, hard smile as he saw the occupant of the office was still alive, for now. You are still with us, I see, Herr Thorwald. The Commandant sat unevenly at his now-shattered desk, leaning his weight on bloodied arms. He looked down at the ruin of his midsection, a twisted tatter of uniform, flesh, blood, and worse, and slowly raised his eyes to take in Secord's face. The once neat man grimaced and croaked out his answer. Only for a moment, I think. It is my curse that I live this long already. Secord looked down with no trace of sympathy. Such was the fate of all tyrants and those that serve them blindly. But, he strove to feel the mercy his god would have for the man. Thorwald looked up again, his eyes already beginning to glaze over. He stammered out his final words. We have failed. Hell is our only destination. He slid, wetly, off his chair, to the floor.
and died. Pastor Albert Secord led his fellows through the broken iron gates of the prison to find the villagers already running up the hill to meet the liberated. There were tears of joy that washed away a great deal of the horror and pain of what had come before. Secord smiled as he saw life and love reasserting their dominance over the human spirit. God was in his heaven, and all would soon be right again with the world. For now, the pastor smiled, and he would be there when things went wrong again, he knew. He had already given his life for Master. It was his fate and duty to go on serving. Eberhurt Koss looked around to thank Secord, but the tall man was already out of sight. Pastor Karlstadt placed a gentle hand on the young man's arm and spoke quietly. He's gone, Eberhurt. Now it is for us to carry on. Yes, yes, said Eberhardt, as his eyes looked skyward to the bright warm sun overhead. On a morning such as this, any good thing was possible. Even faith. The End our story. I hope you liked it. I love the tension Pastor Secord has over the death of the Commandant. He knows he should have a desire for this man's redemption, but the Commandant's grisly end is also just. Love and justice. I think those are both worthwhile pursuits that we must always chase after, but will always be held in uneasy tension. If you want to learn more about this mysterious Pastor Secord, be sure to support the Of Bitter Souls Kickstarter. And if the Kickstarter is successful, you will also find in there a short story written by myself. In a world where live-action movies reign supreme, two awesome dudes are keeping things animated. If you want to hear a couple of animation nerds gush about the movies they love, then hop Run or fly on over to The Cellcast. Available on most podcast platforms. You can find this and so much more over at www.culturebox.media. Please remember to like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, blog about us, leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you find us. Support us on Patreon and tell your friends. The Untold Podcast has been funded by Jason Brannon, J.D. Rempel, Richard Zong, Jen Finelli, Fred Heimbaugh, Parker J. Cole, Laura Van Arendonk Ba, Mike and Andra Williams, Spirit Play Productions, The Retro Rewind Podcast, Rudy Diaz, Jackie Jolene, Amanda St. John, Chuck Satterley, and Nathan and Casey Butler. Until next time, I'm Nathan James Norman reminding you... Be prepared for what you encounter on the way out. The power of God was not gentle. I 
to my card, I know the cost. Yeah, I put in the work that you don't. Day after day, I work and no play. Yeah, I'll do all the things that you won't. Even when my feet get tired, I will keep on moving higher. I'm the story you don't speak of. I'm the one they call the underdog. 'Cause every time the push comes to shove, I'm climbing over you to reach the top. 'Cause I want everything or nothing at all. Yeah, I want everything or nothing at all. 'Cause I want everything or nothing, 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 nothing at all. Don't care what you think or what you believe. 'Cause I'm gonna turn the world upside down. If you wanna shine, just up in the ring. I'ma shake your bones like thunder. Even when my feet get tired, I will keep on moving higher. I'm the story you don't speak of. I'm the one they call the underdog. 'Cause every time the push comes to shove, I'm climbing over you to reach the top. 'Cause I want everything. Nothing at all. Yeah, I want everything and nothing at all. 'Cause I want everything and nothing, 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 nothing at all. I don't want nothing at all unless I can have it all. I don't want nothing, nothing at all. I don't want nothing at all unless I can have it all. Nothing at all. Yeah, I am not the favorite son, but I'm the one who's been here all along. 'Cause every time the push comes to shove. was Willie Echo with Everything or Nothing, and I thought that was a good song to pick for a Kickstarter campaign.